And so we're live. Uh, welcome to Stories to Learn By. Today, uh, uh, we are here with Sharon Green. I'm never going to get these intros uh, quite right. I always feel like I'm faffing about, which I very much am. Um, yeah, so Sharon, I guess uh, for those that don't know, um, and for maybe some of those that do, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Well, the, the, the key one for me is like, I, I, I always find these, these introductions really weird. Like people list off this, this, this tagline that they've developed, that some oh. marketeer has told them that they've got to, to have at the ready at some point. I don't want that. Just tell, tell me, you know, who uh -huh. are you? What'd you do? Uh, personally, as well as professionally. Sharon, Sharon Green. Um, I always say that um, I'm a, a, well, I guess when people ask me what I do, it kind of depends on the scenario that I'm in. Do you know what I mean? If I'm trying to be fancy or if I'm just trying to be kind of ordinary um, and, and kind of regular person. So I, um, so I will say um, professionally, I class myself as a people change um, manager. So I help organizations um, get the best from their people. And usually that is with a very heavy change focus. So I'm interested in how I can help my clients move from where they are to where they wanna be and particular people focus because kind of HR, I guess, is my thing. Um, if I was being fancy, I'd say organizational development because that's a more fancy name for change. Um, but essentially, I'm interested in all things people um, in businesses and organisations. Um, and I run my own company um, and I work with lots of different clients over lots of different sectors. And I've been doing that for the last 15 years and I really, really enjoy it. And I'm based in South London. So I always like often people watch me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. I'm always talking about tooting because that's where I live. Um, and uh, but I haven't always lived in London, but it's kind of been my home for a long time now. So I kind of feel like I am. I can't say that any longer because London's kind of where I am, really. And and yeah, and I run my own business. Like I said, I've, I had a proper career. I call it, always call it my proper career before I start my own business. Um, and obviously this is a proper career, too. But um, most people just think about a job with a company. And I work with lots of different and clients and I really enjoy that so I hope I'll get to share a few of those experiences we chat um, and yeah I think that's probably it really outside of work like doing lots of different things um, sometimes a bit random but that's kind of me in work as well as outside of work Adam so I can't say anything more than that really <laughs> all right now I'm intrigued so the the outside of work weird hobby Come on then, what, what is it? Is, uh, do you collect like toy soldiers or something? I don't know. I wish it was that, I, you know, I wish it was that fascinating. The outside of work weird hobby, I think is, um, I, like, I like doing, like I, I'm a, a person that likes doing stuff, right? So um, when I'm, um, and, I, and I'm particularly, I, I kind of, um, I'm creative, I'm a creative person. So I like to think of creative solutions for my clients um but i used to think i guess i probably had quite a fixed view of what creativity was mm. so i thought you had to be a 
actor or like a singer or a dance do you know what I mean like mm. the kind of creativity did at school um and um rather than creative problem solving or something but so what I do outside of work my kind of um, hobby is I like to make stuff so that could involve that could be cakes as basic as cakes I guess um uh, so when I used to be in an office, they probably would have been rather cruel and talked about how I came into the office with cakes because you can't eat all of that cake on your own, to be honest. Um, but then I also um, I really like doing just experimenting with stuff. So um, I take a lot of photos, as most people do with smartphones. These days. So I take photos of what I call my gigs, which are the client assignments that I work on. Um, and so I have a whole catalogue on Manchester because one of my big clients was up in Manchester. So I used to take pictures of my Manchester life and um, and I take pictures of stuff and then I make them into cards. So I call them my little, um, they're like little uh, retro cards, I call them, of different things that I do. Um, nice. And, and, then I send, and then I send them to people and keep the postal service probably in business with my um, obsession with snail mail. Um, and then I also do stuff like um, I upcycle things. And, you know, if I had a shed, I'd be that person in the shed collecting rubbish like boxes and cans, which I've got hidden behind me here. Um, and I'd be in a shed tinkering, thinking, how, what am I going to do with these soup cans to make them into something else? That is kind of me rather randomly, uh, uh, probably oversharing, but that's what I do for my hobby. <laughs> that's funny. It's like, um, like I have a, like, this is a shed, believe it or not. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's where I tinker, but I tend to tinker with things inside a computer so um it's it's always very interesting and I think everyone like or, or, or make I think the best people like to take things apart and put them back together again or like to make something out of something else and so on and so on um yeah I mean yeah otherwise we're just left with a load of junk which we probably are as a yeah anyway sidetracked um uh yeah this is how these things tend to go. <laughs> they just go off on a tangent. That's great. Right. Uh, how did you find the um, uh, the sort of the prompts, the scenarios, the uh, the little things? Did you did you find ones that were more interesting than than the others? I thought when every time you do these kind of things, where you kind of um, volunteer to. Do, like have conversations like this I kind of I kind of go oh I'm just gonna um kind of go with it and see where it leads me and and so mm. I I kind of and I'm, I also have got um I try not to overthink yeah. things you know I can be an overthinker I'm kind of I'm a terrible overthinker so um so I found them really curious because I was like oh I wonder what I'm gonna say if, um you know, if Adam asks me that, or, you know, oh, I, I don't know whether I've got any, um, <laughs> any uh, funny stories, really. Have I got any funny stories? I was, trying to, I was thinking, oh, they'll probably come to me. I won't need to worry about that. So, yeah, I found, I found, I think that the hardest one that I found was thinking about a Monday morning story, partly because of the way that I work. Yeah. Because I, you know, my Monday morning story is probably, um, 
is just with myself really so and I and I'm not you know so I I do have some little routines that I have because I um ordinarily unless I'm with a big project um then I might be working on my own um with with a, and kind of going in so I I don't um so I don't have that routine that I think you when you hmm. when I was permanent in my permanent work life um, then I did have that routine. I used to kind of rock up on a, you know, Monday. Everyone, would, you'd kind of engage in conversation to talk about what people have been up to at the weekend. Um, and it, that feels quite a dim and distant memory for me because ordinarily I'm with a, a client and, and, and I might be with, I don't know, one client a year or I might be with several clients in a year. And um so you yeah so that really foxed me I was a bit like oh, bugger what am I going to say to a question that says what's my Monday morning you know what do I say on a Monday because you know it's just not something that's in my routine anymore but I do the thing that I did find it made me reflect on how um and because we're filming this in or like recording this in lockdown um, and the thing that I've really missed is that um, I do be believe in kind of bringing my personality to work. Mm. So even if I'm working on a very dedicated project, a tech, like at the moment, you know, at the moment I'm working on a technology project with a client, um, you want, I rely on building that relationship. You know, I'm a people person and it's a bit cliched, but that's how I roll. So I, I do believe in kind of, I think I've lost you, Sharon. <laughs> Hit record. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just going to say that I lost you at, um, I think you were talking about uh, going to see a client. Uh, you're currently working, it's all about um relationships and, hmm. and yeah so yeah yeah i think that, that yeah I, when you were saying about what was the most tricky thing i i think the tricky thing is that i'm particularly now i realize when everybody's working remotely whereas um is the um the the fact that i guess there's a real tendency when you're kind of working I don't know, through Zoom or mm. Teams or, um, you know, just doing very focused meetings on projects to just kind of dive in there without doing all of that kind of preamble and building the relationship and trying to um, kind of be part of the, the community. Um, and I think um, it, it made me realise how much I spend time asking people about their stories really rather than necessarily sharing my own um particularly um i've got a monday morning uh call with one of my clients at the moment and i always try i always kind of go oh how was your weekend and then they'll go how was your weekend and so um so i kind of feel at the minute i'm probably more in that um monday morning story um kind of sharing mode than than i was um beforehand 
Um, but I'm super interested in other people and I don't, I don't tend to spend a huge amount of time talking about what I did. I tend to find, be more curious about what other people did. Their stories are always far more interesting than mine, I think, Adam. So let me let me ask you one thing then. Um, hmm. Just you you said along along there that you you find that the the preamble is sort of gone for the chit chat hmm. or um, you know for for Zoom. I wondered. I thinking of reflecting on my own year last year. I took a bit mm. of time in in January. Well, I don't I, actually. I didn't take a bit of time. COVID made me take some time, <laughs> 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 uh, um, and I reflected that the whole of twenty twenty, um, I hadn't actually made that many new connections, mm. uh, and I think I could name them on like one hand of the mm. the new connections um, that I'd made in twenty twenty. Hmm. Um, have you found something similar or, um, have you managed to sort of navigate, um, all the lockdowns, um, and still meet new people, I guess? Yeah, I kind of think that's an interesting one because I think, um, so I am, I would say I'm kind of a fairly, I, well, I'm a kind of connector and a, and a um, yeah, I kind of, I, 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 yeah, I just, I have met quite a few people, new people, some people who might have been maybe kind of connections of connections that I didn't um, necessarily feel I, I knew, um, and now I feel that I do. So I felt, I mean, part of it that was because I had more, a bit more time, I think. And also I think that I found because everybody or quite a lot of people were working remotely. I mean, my, my husband's been on, in, on site um, all the way through COVID. So nothing much has kind of changed for him and his colleagues in, in the sense that they're still kind of working on site. But for me, because so many more people were working remotely, it, it felt to me like people were suddenly a bit more open um, to kind of chatting about things. So there's a few people that I have, I would say I've got to know certainly a lot better or in a lot more depth or have come into a closer kind of networked relationship, if you see what I mean, than before COVID some reason and I can't explain it and I don't know why and because I'm one of those people who used to go to kind of rock up to face-to-face -to -face networking um you know events and and kind of chat to people so I thought it was going to be um it's, it's just been different I guess than than the way it was before which is stating the bleedingly obvious to be honest but I mean that is how it feels so I've, I've been kind of pleasantly surprised um, I mean, I run a networking community. Um, and so I was thinking, oh, bloody hell, how am I going to do that when we usually rock up to a bar and have drinks every quarter? And, and it's kind of random and some people might turn up and some people might not. And they can come when they want and they leave when they want. How am I going to get that kind of experience online? Um, and, how, and how is that going to change things? And it's, and it's been surprising. There's been people who never used to be able to make those drinks can make an online um, instance. And we've been able to play around and experience and experiment with the online stuff in a way that kind of almost 
apart from they have to buy their own drinks um, and bring their own drinks, it kind of replicates something different, but quite with a similar vibe, which I, I've been kind of surprised about. It's been a bit weird, but I feel like I'm living through a bit of an experiment, really. And, and um, you know, I'm quite lucky that I, I can I can do that, but it definitely has felt different. And there's been some surprises that I didn't expect um, when it comes to kind of meeting people and meeting new people and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, about, what about socially then? Uh, the, mm. You know, um, have you have you made many new friends in 2020? You know, it sounds like something you'd ask your kids, right? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but, but do you know um, what I mean? Like, is it? It's not just all about work. Is um, oh yeah, oh god, no. But I, I feel, yeah, oh yeah. It's not just about work. I think the um, I've had to dig deep into thinking about what what's classed as entertainment. <laughs> you know, I mean, but hasn't everybody? Because I think all of your default, all of my usual default options are kind of when they're taken off the table. You kind of go, okay, what am I? What can I do really? Um, but I found what I found is really surprising. So I'm I'm I do a um I do a HR pub quiz, which sounds <laughs> sounds weird, quite random, and probably not so entertaining for non HR people. But I do an HR pub quiz every most Saturday nights, and I'm not a big uh, quiz person. I might do an occasional pub quiz in real life, but um, but I've had this. There was something strangely comforting about um initially rocking up and I was, I was thinking well, I'm going to rock up the first one and see what it's like and if it all gets a bit competitive then I'm probably going to dip out of it but um it's run by um somebody again I knew in my network before but not really deeply um but um Selena Govier who Govier who runs it just does such an awesome job and it's kind of become part of my lockdown routine now and so um every most Saturday nights if Selena's running it then I'll rock up um, and so I feel like the people who go drop into that pub quiz I feel like I know them a whole load better than I ever did before and in fact some of those people I might not have met if it wasn't for that and then I've done a few other things like um, just some random things like um, there's a Zoom karaoke which is, again is very, sounds very random but um, it's been an opportunity to um, make a bit of a fool of yourself. Um, I'm not a brilliant singer, but I like to sing and dance and make, and make a bit of a fool of myself. Um, and, and so that's been a bit of a random kind of surprise. And then um, there's just been a few other things where you just kind of make, make the technology work for you. I mean, I'm a super tech fan, but so I kind of, but it's been amazing what you can actually do with it if you apply a bit of creativity. So yeah, socially, and I'm a big social person, so I knew that I would miss that. So that's been been nice to be able to connect with people um, in these rather random ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is. It's really interesting that everyone's taken to quizzes, and you know zoom karaoke sounds like i in my eyes i'm like oh my god i could not think of anything worse but <laughs> but i'm like going i'm sitting here going yeah why not why not uh because i guess that's the point is why not there isn't um 
there's no there's no one to embarrass yourself in front of because it's really it's just down the screen i guess i don't know uh <laughs> it, it, it scares the living karaoke so i spent some 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 time in japan and i think oh that, yeah that, that, but that's serious karaoke adam that's yeah. like that's on another level i'm talking but, yeah that that's not the level i'm talking at no no but i only i was only man they only managed to get me up once uh and that was enough like that was more than enough uh and it was oh it's so bad uh i think that scarred me for life um yeah i don't think i'll do yeah the, just the, just the look at the faces looking back at me oh god i'm getting flashbacks anyway <laughs> <laughs> but, but but i guess this is the thing it's like we we'll all we'll try these things one of the things that i um i've done that i think was absolutely brilliant was uh you know mike skinner of the streets uh-huh yeah um, yeah so he did a he basically rented out um i can't remember the name of the theater but it's in it's in east london the rock troxy the troxy oh yeah uh-huh. yeah and he basically filmed a gig he streamed a gig um uh-huh. but it wasn't just like man on stage in microphone jumping about a bit he sort of, a, he'd set up a pub, he'd set up a calf, he'd set up all of the scenes that were in, that that he talked about in his songs. And uh-huh. then darted through these scenes while doing the songs, because a lot of his songs sound like a conversation anyway. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. Me and my wife sat there, you know, uh, on the sofa to start it off, just expecting it to be, oh, this is like watching a video. And yeah. we, by the end of it, we were jumping up about, you know, like like he was. It was great. It's like it felt like you were involved. And I guess that's, uh-huh. the, that's the thing that we, when, when experiences are easily found face-to-face, then mm. the online ones have become a little bit disingenuous. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But when they're not easily found face-to-face, like they aren't now, you sort of go for it, I guess. Mm. Maybe a bit more. Yeah, I kind of, like I said, I'm not, um, there's lots of things that, like, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't be in a karaoke bar ordinary, you know, that, and it, and it does scare, you know, like you were saying, it, scare, it scares me, but there's something, there's just something about, um, maybe it's because you're not in the same room as people. Does that make, make sense? It, it, yeah, does, yeah. it feels, it feels, um, it's a bit of distance and and um yeah and I think yeah I just think it makes I I I feel less um less scared I think um what's the worst that could happen I kind of think you know we're already living in this like you know (laughs) what's the worst could happen it's all kind of relative right that's that's kind of how I look at it anyway yeah Um, you're absolutely right you know what is the worst that can happen someone mutes you you know <laughs> that's about the worst of it you carry on singing you don't know any different yeah uh, exactly but... <laughs> exactly you know and, and also the brilliant thing about it so I can go oh I've got this terrible broadband issue you probably can't hear me and I've just put you know <laughs> you know you can always lie I guess if you wanted to if you feel too embarrassed you know I mean last time I didn't get up on the zoom on the karaoke because I felt like I needed to kind of suss it out and there were some good singers there and I'm not a good singer I know that um but I just love it it's like a bit like dancing you know I kind of like I just love it you know I am first on the dance floor I am not you know a dancer but I just enjoy it and now I don't care 
so much about what people think. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm entering a competition, a dancing competition, do you know what I mean? I'm just having fun, and you know, and I think enthusiasm counts <laughs> for more than skill, probably, and on the dance floor anyway. Um, probably, so I probably think in life as well, it. you probably get get more for for enthusiasm uh, in most things. Um, yeah, I think people yeah. like a trier, don't they? <laughs> you get points for trying. Points for trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's like, oh, it's like they, what, uh, they, they give like a prize for everyone in schools now, don't they? For yeah. kids that run races, everyone gets a prize. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm too old for that kind of teaching style. When I was at school, it was a bit more brutal. Um, so, um, yeah, but I used to give myself points for trying, but I didn't necessarily win the prize. But maybe that was like a consolation, a way of uh, kind of, um, yeah, managing the brutality of being, I don't know, ranked or something or, you know, or not getting the medal, you know, that kind of thing. So, so I used to go, oh, you know, I got, you know, I tried my best. <laughs> you know, that, that used to kind of be my mantra. Um, and, and also, if you, I, you know, I do, I think, there's, there's stuff to be said about enjoying stuff you know it's not all about mm. the um uh, the medal or the badge or whatever but you know um but yeah but um but I think one of the other things that on your um yeah uh, when I was thinking about um kind of stories was when you were saying you know that kind of after work drink story yeah which yeah. like kind of filled me slightly obviously because I've been <laughs> being in HR in an you kind of think these after drinks stories are just like well you know they're they're kind of um they're the kind of stuff of nightmares and also when I'm when there's when there are like Twitter conversations um that go on about you know what's your most kind of strangest story in HR some of the stuff I kind of think god have I been living in a hole somewhere you know and not have these like weird and wonderful experiences that people kind of trot out um and um and I'm just I guess I've always been mindful that when I'm in a professional context at work and you have a few beers you are still um you are still classed as the person in HR and often um, <laughs> and um, and that there's a fine line between um kind of stories when you're having a few bevies and and things that you think oh, that's probably not a good thing <laughs> you know to say um but um but yeah I mean some of the stuff that goes down at work I kind of just think you wonder if people are really thinking about well they're obviously not really thinking about it otherwise they wouldn't do it but um I mean that that was another one where I was thinking oh what can I what can I say that is going to be um uh, you know kind of professionally allowed and I think that's one of the things that I mean I like going out for beers with clients and um, and kind of building relationships with the people that I um, work with on projects um, but I am always mindful that I've got that kind of professional hat on and not so much now because I'm not doing the, the kind of HR that back in the day I probably would have been where you know you might have I don't know you know things where people are they've had too much to drink and they're caught in the boardroom and it's all going to end badly in a disciplinary or, you know, I mean, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, but um, I do have a few kind of stories that still make me giggle and, um, and, and kind of that I might, uh, I don't know, share if I was trying to, I don't know, um, 
be a bit funny. I mean, one of my clients, I always remember, I always like, um, because a lot of the stuff that I do around changes is often related to company culture or the culture of, of the business and, mm-hmm. you know, and what it says about um, the way that the business works and, and the people that are in it. I always remember way back, there used to be, when I was working permanently, I, I there's always stories that they tell you when you join, you know, not the ones that um, they tell you in the first few months when they, they don't know you that well. But once they trust you, you, you hear all sorts of weird stories like the folklore of that particular organisation. And I remember <laughs> one of them was um, the, um, they um, had had a particularly bad time and needed to cut costs. And they used to have um, like back in the day when I had budgets or presents that they used to give staff or something. It was quite a paternalistic kind of organization. Mm. And they replaced their, um, their uh, bonus one year with um, a present, but it wasn't the usual present, which I think was a bottle of champagne or something like that on people's desks um, back in the day when that was kind of allowable, I guess, and not against well-being or kind of, you know, all of the sensitivities that are around gifts and so on. They gave all of the staff Christmas puddings. And you're just like, when this person was telling me this story, I was just thinking, who on earth thought that replacing a bonus or a gift with a Christmas pudding was going to be a great idea? You know, it's just like the most bonkers thing I'd ever heard. And of course they had like, and there was like people throwing the Christmas puddings outside. There was a whole like Christmas pudding carnage outside the office because people were so disgusted that the management had thought that giving everybody a Christmas pudding would be a good replacement for a bonus. And that was like, a, that made me laugh. Um, and it was one of those stories where you just think, oh, that's mad. That is just completely mad. Um, and something that I can allowably and um, talk about um in a, in a lunch or the other one we used to laugh over they had before the the days of internet they have used to have this photo album of pictures of people you know like who's in the office and and there used to be stories like um you know some of the senior people used to insist that their photo was never replaced so they looked a bit like um um you know did they have a picture in the attic, you know, yeah. because that the, the picture that they had in their, in their kind of photo book was at least, you know, 15 years old when they still had hair. You know, it was like, and we used to spend hours just kind of like on a wet afternoon in the HR team, just giggling over these photos and the kind of vanity of people insisting that they couldn't have a, like a, like an up-to-date photo because it just showed them in a bad light. I, I used to spend, that used to give me a right giggle and, um, and uh, but I, I don't have any stories like some of the stuff that they have on um, some of the Twitter chats where they, you know, people <laughs> bringing snakes into work or guns or, you know, I kind of oh have led God. a very sheltered life, I think, um, <laughs> when it comes to the HR space. And, and I'm quite grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, do you have a fa- do you have favorite stories of after work drinks that you like to pull out? Adam? Uh, I do uh I, I think just are they not clean <laughs> no never uh, <laughs> no. Um, oh we should gloss over those then i thought <laughs> uh i don't know um no i think the one that sort of um jumped to mind when you were talking about that photo album yeah. is a one of my jobs early jobs after leaving college uh mm. was a, a, a very 
I, I'm trying to think if it's on my CV or my LinkedIn. I don't think it would be. Uh, it was uh, it was at a big, massive IT recruitment company, and mm. my job was mostly administration within the IT team. And mm. one of the jobs was to look through text messages um, throughout the company uh, to make sure uh, to see whether they were being used for work purposes. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. that sort of organization. Very, very. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, one day, um, and these were just numbers, right? They were just yeah. numbers on a thing. I didn't know uh, who was. And I was doing the usual thing, searching for for um, random names. It was in a big SQL database, uh, sort of random words. And uh, one of the words that, that I was supposed to search was uh, sex. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and I search for sex. I find um, 100, 150 different um, text messages from the same number uh, mm. with that and with a bunch of other stuff. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, so something's going on here. I have a quick perusal. It's quite clear that someone's having an affair with someone else mm. in the business. Um at this point, there's no names attached to the numbers. I take all of the names. I deliver it to my boss on on her on her desk. Very pleased with myself that I found uncovered these <laughs> uh, this this uh, affair. Um, turned out it was the CEO and his secretary. <laughs> uh. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, but the worst bit was is the company swore me to secrecy. Um, yeah. We're rather than actually turn around and prosecute their SEO or uh, sort out what their what was happening with their CEO. Uh, yeah, it was really really dodgy. Um, mm. But but anyway, but um, I mean, and and I am glad. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm glad that's not on my ICV. I only did the job for like a month. Um, yeah. But it but it just things like that. I, I've and I also I worked in hotels for years, so I've got loads of stories about. Oh. Uh, yeah, famous. Yeah doing things they shouldn't be um which i'll leave yeah. for another day because <laughs> mm, uh, yeah. those, those are on my cv uh, and uh, <laughs> and i'm not sure how what the what the expiry date on these oh actually there is one i could probably tell um which is um so we all know who amy winehouse is right mm. uh amy winehouse and her partner uh, at the time um used to uh, just came and stayed in one of the hotels that I worked at and she mm. was there for like three weeks towards the back end of those three weeks um they started going off uh the rails and mm. um we got the famous picture of her with all of her cuts down her arm and all of that jazz and looking yeah. an absolute uh mess outside uh the hotel and it was directly outside the hotel and you can see my rear end in one of those photos uh, as I I open the door to get her in and to kick uh uh, paparazzi out Um, oh wow yeah so that that's quite funny I guess yeah and there's a bunch of other stuff that comes along with those three weeks uh that I do leave for the pub (laughs) yeah I can imagine I can imagine yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun. I kind of feed off other people's stories. So I, like, yeah. I, like I was saying earlier, I kind of, you know, sometimes like when people will say stuff, I'll go, oh, yeah, actually, I do probably have some funny stories, but I kind of don't really. Yeah, I don't, I'm not one of those. Um, I, yeah, those people, there are was, there was some people who are kind of natural raconteurs when it comes to stories. Do you know what I mean? That's their gift. 
and often I spend so much time kind of listening to them I kind of go oh yeah and then and then I feed off I guess I feed off other people so I'd have to be in the pub to remember some of my kind of crazy stories do you know what I mean going somebody will say something and it'll spark off an idea in my head and and a little bit of a chuckle and then I might kind of divulge a story from you know that amuses me and you know and uh, and one that I can tell that doesn't involve um I don't know confidences because you've always got that kind of people professional well I have always got that people professional hat on um you know so that kind of sometimes makes me a, a little bit conflicted when it comes to the pub you always have to be the slightly more soberest one in the proceedings I find and that makes that kind of helps um so, so did you find find any of the prompts like the um the work one what comes to mind when you think of like the most the most successful thing or the most thing you're most proud of at work yeah. that you've ever done is there a, is there a, something that jumps to mind that you you really loved um doing I think um I'm usually I the reason probably why I um, set up my own business and um and um you know decided to kind of step off a kind of permanent career path and go into um you know setting up a business on my own um was was because I wanted um I, not that I didn't feel pride in the work that I did um when I when I was in those permanent careers because I, I I did some like uh, you know great great jobs and, and felt like I'd um you know got some good good achievements under my belt but um I got to a stage where I really um I, I was kind of concerned that I might fall out of love with my job if that makes sense um and and I've always been somebody who really passionately loves what they do um and so I kind of um so now I think because because I do run my own business and that's a source of great kind of um I've learned a lot from the process of running a business. Um, so that gives me a great sense of achievement when I think about where I started, where I was like, oh my God, I'm not getting a paycheck this month. What am I going to do? To where I am now 15 years later, then that gives me, you know, that whole process gives me a sense of pride that I've learned an awful lot on the journey of, of, of doing my own thing. Um, but also the stuff that you might, I kind of think what's really interesting is the stuff that I probably wouldn't have appreciated as an achievement if I, when I was um, when I was permanent, the things that I used to just get on and do, you know, the stuff that the random stuff that I used to get given as a permanent person, oh, Sharon will do that because she'll just manage that project on top of all of the other stuff that she does. Now I feel um, like even a project that might not necessarily feel like an achievement in those days does now because I've helped my client um solve a problem you know so I've done some kind of um less sexy work I would guess so I've done quite a few compliance type projects for example um for, for some of my clients now that is not the kind of job that people run towards and go oh yes you know let me help with that um kind of compliancy type project and this is no offense to anybody who works in compliance but you know if you're do if you're more interested in doing change projects you wouldn't run towards that and think that that's um that that's going to be incredibly interesting but I find 
the 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 helping somebody to have like a client who's got that on their mind that's keeping them awake at night that they're really concerned that they're not going to be able to achieve that deadline um going in and helping the compliance team and the hr team say to work on that together and achieve a, a satisfactory outcome fills me with a great sense of achievement even if it's not the sexiest piece of work um, and then i think of other things where i've written i mean i've, I've just done a, um, a uh, last year i did a big um, kind of um tech agile kind of part of an agile change transformation project for a client and and watching and i came on board to help them set up a dedicated software development hub and watching that grow from like the shell of a building really um and a few people there were three people when i um, kind of started um uh, in in the hub and when i left there were like 35 we had a tech hub website we'd done a hackathon we'd done you know we just produced a, a brochure like um our second version of a brochure on what our employee value proposition was we've got 35 people in the office and more people coming through you know the the employee experience that they were getting all of those things filled me with a massive sense of achievement you know because mm. You, you know, you can see over the course of that project, things shift and move. And for, for somebody who's interested in in change and technology and doing creative stuff, that was a great project because I could see um, I could see the shift that had happened with the team, um, the part of the business that I was working with, the the kind of project plan that I'd kind of developed lifting off a page and actually working in reality. And that is what, and for every project that I do um, with a client, you can see a shift and change because where you start with them and what they're looking to achieve at the start, you can then see the progress when you, um, you know, have for however long you work alongside them, whether that's three months or, um, you know, 12 months or six months or whatever I can I can see a, a real um, change in progress and that's immensely satisfying if change is what you love doing which is my you know um, and so and then you get comments back from people going oh I didn't really have the foggiest idea what you were going to do but I can see the massive progress that we've made that fills me with um, a sense of achievement um, and um, and that's why I, I guess why I do what I do um, because I can see the value and I can see the change happening um, and I think sometimes if you're in a permanent role and you're doing it for years and years and years you you lose sight of where you started from and you don't see that progress um, so um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't find that I found that a, a good question to answer <laughs> <laughs> because um, it's part of the reason why I do the job that I do and um, it's just to get that sense of achievement um, and progress um, and, and feeling like you've added value to that client. Um, makes makes total sense. Like, it, 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 you know, from what for everything from what you said around, you know, just feeding off other people mm. makes complete and utter sense that the, the, the thing that you get out of work is feeding off of people's change i guess yeah. uh, it makes complete and utter sense um mm. sharon i'm gonna uh, call it a day there uh because i'm gonna try and edit this together um uh sort of now um 
it's been lovely to talk to you. It's been really lovely. I hope that wasn't the worst part of your day. Uh, no, <laughs> I've had this is the best part of my day, Adam. It's Brilliant. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's really good. I've really enjoyed having a chat. Yeah, me too. It's been really nice. As I said, like I, you know, some of this is almost entirely selfish. I want to to still get uh, the the new connections and um, and hearing the stories. And the stories of the prompts and all that, they're just a way to to get people to think about what, you know, some some things to talk about. Um, yeah. I'm so glad. I really um, enjoyed. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed the conversation and, and I'm sure it won't be our last. So Thanks. I'm just going to hit pause.